and the guy punches the film producer in the face, breaks off his front tooth, he goes to the dentist, he gets a root canal. Now, up to this point, he was healthy. Over some months, six months, eight months, something like that, he gets progressively weaker and weaker and weaker until he's to, to the point where he's got so, so much fatigue that he can't function. He sees every kind of available doctor that he could, including a faith healer and shaman, and nobody's got any answers for him, but here he is and he can't work. And one day he's surfing through YouTube, laying in bed, and he sees a video that I did about this subject, which is kind of what I just went over. And a light goes off in his head and he said, well, nobody's thought of that. Maybe that's what's wrong with me. And he goes to the biological dentist. He gets what's called a cone beam CT. It's a CT scan of the teeth. And lo and behold, it's got a big abscess where that root canal was done on his front tooth. He gets the tooth pulled. He gets the abscess cleaned out. In over six or eight months, he completely recovers his health. That was Dr. David Minkoff, a world-renowned natural health doctor. And this is his story on the Pacing Racing Podcast. What's happening, everyone? Welcome back and welcome to the first time listeners. My name is Steven Langhausen. I'm the host of Pacing and Racing, the podcast helping you reach optimal health and endurance through learning from the world's brightest health experts and the world's most talented endurance athletes. And joining us today for a second time back by popular demand is Dr. David Minkoff. Now, David is here to answer some pressing questions on how there may be more of a definitive root cause to your health problems than you might think. I know autoimmune conditions are just a tip of the iceberg of conditions that can happen to so many of us, and we really have no reason why. Now, after watching a documentary called The Root Cause Movie, I wanted to further chat with Dr. Minkoff to share this newfound information to the listeners. So Dr. David Minkoff is an interviewed expert in this movie where he sheds some light on how root canals and other dental procedures can sometimes be insanely toxic to our health. And dentistry is the only area in our body where we leave something dead and cover it up cosmetically. So throughout some of these procedures like wisdom teeth removals and root canals, we can leave behind some breeding ground spots for bacteria to grow and not only to grow, but can then travel through the insane network of tiny blood vessels and refer symptoms to many other places within the body. Now, for an example of this, they quote that around 97% of females who had breast cancer had a root canal performed on that same side. They also gave many examples of people who had chronic and untreatable conditions who underwent treatments to repair these damages done by their dental procedures and had their symptoms completely subside. So, of course, I do want to highlight that I do recognize that not everyone's problems or symptoms are caused by this. But if you have tried everything, then this might be an area you want to investigate. And so Dr. Minkoff, for example, takes a broad look at the body and will do an abundance of testing to get your root cause. And this is just one of the many findings he's come across. So I'm happy to have an episode specifically dedicated to this because I just think it's so fascinating and definitely could be overlooked. Now, also for the dentists and dental hygienists out there who may be listening in, please don't think Dr. Minkoff thinks negatively around dentistry by any means. In fact, Dr. Minkoff has said dentists do incredible work. He believes doctors and dentists should work together in situations like this because at the end of the day, the mouth and teeth are a part of our overall body. So it's an incredible episode for all athletes and their friends and loved ones who want to optimize their health and take control of their lives. Because remember, you can't reach optimal performance before addressing your health first. 
So without further ado, let's get into it. Right, David, welcome back to the show. How are you keeping these days? Thank you, Stephen. I'm doing great. Awesome. No, that's good. And I mean, of course, with the pandemic among us right now, you're a triathlete for over 43 years now. So how has your triathlon training been going through all this? Well, all the spring and summer races have been canceled so far. So I'd, yeah. had, I'd had three spring races. They're all, they were all canceled. I qualified for the Nationals, USTS Nationals. Uh, it's supposed to be in July. Haven't heard anything. So I haven't made plans cause I'm not sure what they're going to do with it. I'm supposed to do Augusta 70.3 in September and Ironman Florida in November. And I haven't heard, they're not saying either. So I'm, I'm trying to keep my head in it, but it's a little hard and the swimming is still screwed up because my master's program, uh, you, you, you can't go and as of this week, you can go, but the showers are closed, and I usually go to work right from there. So I've got a little 14-yard pool in my backyard, and I've been trying to do that, but it's not very good swim training. <laughs> that's it. Well, hey, that, that's better than nothing. That, that's pretty good. At least you're getting that swimming in. Uh, so that's awesome. Have you tried any of those Ironman VRs, or is it just getting no. through the training day by day? No, I haven't tried any. I haven't tried no. any. No, good stuff. Well, hey, I mean, first off, it's great to be chatting with you again on the show. Now, in our previous episode, you told us about your your medical background and how you primarily switched to the alternative medicine after uh, your wife actually was showing signs of MS, and you were able to trace that back to mercury toxicity. And do you mind sharing the story again? I guess just to paint a little bit of a picture of what we uh, are going to talk about today. Well, yeah, I I was in emergency room. I was working in emergency room, and um, she started to get explore um alternative health and she started going to seminars and she got a lot of information on nutrition and um one day she goes to see this guy named jeff bland who was like the the sort of the father of functional medicine he was a nutritional biochemist and he was super smart and she dragged me to one of his lectures and after i heard his lecture it was like wow this guy really knows what he's talking about and this is a very exciting field and about that same time, she'd had a lot of mercury fillings, I think 12 or 14 mercury fillings um, in her mouth since childhood. <clears throat> and when she started to learn about mercury, that it can off gas from the teeth, uh, it can get uh, into your, you can swallow it, it can get up into your brain and nervous system, and it can be harmful for you. Um, mercury at room temperature is liquids. So you probably... And when I was a kid, I used to play with mercury. We, thermometer would break. We would collect the mercury. We would roll around <laughs> in our hand. We would play with it. None, none of us knew, and I guess our parents didn't know how toxic it was. But it's really toxic stuff. Uh, I think it's the most toxic thing on the planet, except for uranium or something like that. So it's very bad. Anyway, uh, when they make a mercury filling or a silver filling, what they do is about fifty percent is mercury, and that's the liquid part. And they mix it with uh, silver, tin, and copper. And so that's it, called an amalgam because it's a group of metals together and the mercury holds it together. The problem is if you eat something hot uh, or you chew something, the mercury boils at 110 degrees. So it goes from a liquid to a gas. So 
your average cup of coffee or cup of soup is probably 140 or 150. So you put that in your mouth. It hits the mercury amalgam. The mercury will boil. It will air. It will. It will turn into a gas. It will come out of your mouth, and then you can either swallow it or it'll come into your palate. The nerves will pull it up into your brain, and it's harmful. And there's lots of uh, studies say when they 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 put fillings in goats and they put a radioactive label on the mercury so they can track where it goes and they find it ends up in their heart and their brain and their kidneys within a couple of months. So <clears throat> the American Dental Association gets a commission on mercury fillings and so they weren't very excited about not having it be there. Now there's more awareness of it and um, in some states it's against the law to put it in children uh, and the mercury awareness actually came up some so that Pregnant women aren't supposed to eat tuna fish, a whole bunch of different things. Anyway, she decides that she's got these mercury fillings. She wants to get rid of them. She didn't know at the time that there was a safe way to get rid of them. If you take a high-speed drill and you drill out these fillings, you're going to aerosolize the mercury and you're going to swallow it. It's going to go all over. And so she went to a dentist who did all of them in one day, no protection for her. And um, a few weeks later, she started to get symptomatic. Now, neither she nor I knew what these symptoms were coming from. Um, and uh, it started with pain over her thyroid gland. And she felt it swell. It was tender. <clears throat> I was in an emergency room. I knew all the good doctors. I sent her to a uh, thyroid specialist. And he looked at her. And he said that she had what they call Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's an autoimmune uh, attack on the thyroid. And there's some blood tests that show that this is present. And she had that. Her actual thyroid hormone levels were normal. And his conclusion was she's got some kind of autoimmune condition. Uh, she didn't need any thyroid hormone supplementation. And that over time, it would get better. Uh, not too long after that, <clears throat> now she's very healthy. She's, she's been a triathlete since 1983. Uh, she works out. She's always careful about her food. She's very fit. And so this didn't really make sense to me, but okay, fine. We didn't have a reason and we just were going to go with it. So a little while later, she starts getting pain over her right rib underneath her right rib lower rib and i ran some blood tests on her and it showed that she had liver tests that showed inflammation so i had her see the liver specialist at the hospital and he looked at her and he thought that she probably whatever the autoimmune condition was that caused her thyroid to be inflamed was probably causing her liver to be inflamed she was she didn't drink she hadn't been exposed to any kind of toxins. He did an ultrasound. There was no tumor. There was no parasite. There was no anything visible. Her liver structure looked fine. Her liver didn't have extra fat in it. And, and so he concluded it was probably an autoimmune condition as well. Uh, some weeks after that, I remember waking up in the morning and she's in our, in our bathroom and she says, Hey, I can't. I can't lift my arm up to brush my teeth. 
I have weakness in my right deltoid. And then when I checked her, she also had weakness in her right uh, glute. And this was more serious. And I had her seen the neurologist. And he did a CT scan. This is, this is back in 1996. He does a CT scan of her brain. He said she may have MS. Um, that's an autoimmune condition. It's very much, you know, it could be the same. Whatever's triggered the thyroid and the liver could have triggered the immune system to attack the sheath that's around the nerves. It's called the myelin sheath. It's a, it's a kind of a fatty tissue that coats nerve cells and allows the nerve conduction to be quicker. And he said, really, we should put her starter on prednisone, which is a steroid, to calm this inflammation down. And we should start her on interferon, which is a drug which uh, blocks uh, some immune reactions. Um, and I had had people on both those drugs before. And there's lots of side effects. And most people who take interferon are sick for a long They're sick. They're, they're nauseous and they feel terrible. So I didn't know what to do with it, but none of these guys to me had really figured out, you know, she was normal at one point and then she wasn't normal and there must have been something that happened that caused this. So my wife owns a home health care nursing business. And one afternoon when I went to pick her up from work, she, uh, the, a new guy had moved into the into the strip mall where her office was. And on the marquee, it said natural dentistry. And he happened to be walking out of his office to his car. And I saw him come out and I stopped him and I introduced myself. And I said, uh, you know, if you have a minute, can you just listen to something and see what you think? And I took him back through the timeline, starting with the mercury, because I wasn't so happy that she had done that. I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to me. They'd been in there for a long time. And I thought, why would you do that? And then the thyroid and the liver and the brain. And he looked at me without any sort of, of, of lag at all and said, oh, she's mercury toxic. And there's nobody in this town that will help you. And there is a guy in Seattle, Washington, who trains doctors. He's got courses for doctors to educate them on heavy metal toxicities and natural ways to get rid of it. And you should look him up and go study with him, which is what I did. And I spent quite a few hours with him learning his methodology. And I came back and I tested her. Uh, and she indeed was mercury toxic. And then I started to run this program on her that he said to do. And over a few months, her symptoms completely resolved. And by five months, her thyroid was better, her liver was better, and all of her neurological symptoms had cleared up. This was a nutritional detoxification program. Uh, so we had a lot of friends who were kind of watching this scenario and they said, well, could I, could we see you? Now I'm still in an emergency room full time. Uh, full time emergency room is, it was 12 hour shifts, either seven in the morning till seven at night or seven at night till seven in the morning. And it's three, sometimes four days a week. And I, they, so they said, you know, I've got chronic migraines or I've got rheumatoid arthritis. 
or one of them came to me and said she had colon cancer. Could I look at them and do for them what I did with my wife? And I said, well, you know, I've got a success of one and I have no idea if this will work on you. Uh, but I could try it. And I didn't charge anybody. I had them come to the, I mocked up a little office that was in my wife's nursing office. She had an extra room. I put everything in there and they'd come. And I spent a couple afternoons a week doing that when I wasn't in the emergency room. And I started to have success with people. In fact, it grew very fast. And within a few months, we actually rented the space uh, next to that dentist's office and did a 3,000 square foot renovation on a, and opened up a clinic. And I left the emergency room and I started doing it full time. And we've since moved to a bigger space. We have about 15,000 square feet now where we work out of. Um, and uh, most of the clientele that I'm seeing are people who have severe chronic illness, Lyme or MS or Alzheimer's or cancer. Uh, I do see a smattering of high-end athletes, um, but most of the people are, you know, they, they've seen an average of 13 doctors. They have not gotten better. And on about 85% of those, we figure them out and we get them better. Uh, it's a phenomenal way to spend a day with people doing this. And so we're going on 23 years and I don't have any plans to retire. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, so first off, I feel like it's so crazy to me. And at first I couldn't picture how dental procedures could really wreak so much havoc on the body until I watched that movie, the root cause movie in which you were interviewed on. And now you just touched on the story there on mercury toxicity, but that movie goes really in depth and you yourself in there go really in depth uh, about other things like root canals and wisdom teeth removals and things like that. So uh, the movie covers a lot and it's, it's really interesting on this topic, but to play devil's advocate here, like why, why is this only affecting certain people or why are the outcomes presenting in so many different conditions and severities uh, from things like, you know, root canal procedures that have gone bad or mercury toxicity, things like that? Well, I think, you know, everyone has sort of a balance of their abilities, their body's ability to deal with stressors. Now, stressors might be too much exercise. It might be a bad spouse or child or mother or father or boss. It might be a bad diet. It might be they work in an area where they're exposed to high chemical levels uh, or heavy metals. And there's, I, I think people have sort of a basic genetic endowment and then they have their life. And right now, the environment is particularly toxic because there's so many thousands, something like 80,000 chemicals that exist in our environment that were never there 50 years ago. And they're really part of our total environment. We breathe them. We get them on our skin. Most cosmetics are toxic and shampoos and conditioners and deodorants. They're full of toxic chemicals. and You put them on your skin and they get in your body. And what toxins do is they block biochemical function. And what ultimately occurs is when a cell, because the body is made up of individual cells, when a cell reaches the point where it can't take in oxygen and fuel and make energy, 
it then can't do its job. Now, a liver cell might have a job of making enzymes or detoxifying something. A hair cell has a job of grow hair. A testicular cell has a job of produce testosterone. And so this, these are very specialized functions by the individual cells and organ systems in the body. And when you get too much toxicity, you get sick areas in the body. And some people express it in terms of their nervous system. They have burning feet and hands or numbness, or they have depression or anxiety, or they can't sleep, or they can't think, or they can't remember. And some people have it in terms of their thyroid gland. It becomes inflamed and it won't produce thyroid hormone or, you know, their intestinal cells don't don't digest food and don't absorb food. So depending on where this ends up, and each person's a little bit different, you get this problem. Now, the guy might have been able to live with his root canal, which is a dead infected tooth. And for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, it's rootcausemovie.com. And the story of this movie is that um, I learned all this stuff from a Swiss physician. Uh, his name is Thomas Rao, and he's really my one of my best mentors in, in learning what he calls European biological medicine. And in 1990, seven through 2000, he came over to the United States about every three months and we'd spend a week with him. And he taught us, you know, how you can look at a body as a living biological organism that had the potential to heal. And if you treated it right, it would heal. And part of this had to do with toxic teeth. So whether it's mercury poisoning the nervous system from the teeth or root canals, root canals are particularly bad because when someone goes to the dentist to get a root canal, what happens is that the enamel has been eroded through by bacteria from the mouth. The guy has a cavity or a crack. And the bacteria get through that crack or that cavity into the what's called the pulp of the tooth. It's the in part of the tooth. And that's where the nerve and the artery in the vein of the tooth are. Each tooth is actually an individual organ. You know, it's like a heart or a spleen or a liver. It's an individual living organism. It has a blood supply and a nervous system, and it's alive. And it happens to be bone. And there's a, there's an intricate canal system so that the nutrition that comes into the middle of the tooth can get to the cells that are living on the outer part of the tooth. And, and those outer cells can use that same canal system to get rid of their own waste. Well, what happens in a root canal is while the bacteria have gotten into the pulp of the tooth, the nerve has become inflamed. And the person goes to the dentist because he has a toothache that nerves inflamed and it hurts. And the dentist really has two choices. If you pulled the tooth, you'd fix it. There'd be no tooth, but there'd be no pain and no infection. And what most dentists do 
and either they do it themselves or they refer it to an, what's called an endodontist, who's a specialist in doing this, is they drill the tooth out and clear out the pulp. So now there's no nerve, so you have no pain. But there's also no artery and no vein, so you can't get any nutrients, antibiotics, herbal remedies, anything into that tooth. Yet, that whole canal system is infected with the bacteria that were causing the nerve to be inflamed that cause you to have pain. And when the dentist seals up the tooth, it doesn't seal those little tubules. They're called dentin tubules. They're not sealed up. And these bacteria live in there and they produce very, very toxic chemicals. And these toxic chemicals poison the energy systems within other cells. And this stuff leaks out, it gets in the bloodstream, it gets in other cells, and it poisons them. Now, what happened in the movie, so I learned this stuff from Dr. Thomas Rao, and I started to apply it to patients, and I found that many patients that had serious chronic illness had been seen by a lot of doctors, none of whom were stupid, but they didn't find what was wrong with the person and they couldn't get him better. And I found that in many cases, these people had root canals. They had infections in their mouth that were silent, except that they had a symptom someplace else. In medicine, there's this thing called referred pain. Like you have a problem in one place, but the symptom is in another place. And some of you, you know, you go to a foot reflexologist and he pushes the, he pushes the, the, the area on your foot that's associated with your liver and you get like, Oh my God, what's wrong? And then you detox your liver and that pain doesn't hurt anymore. The problem wasn't in the foot. The problem was in the liver, but it's expressed someplace else. And so many times the problem is in the tooth, but it's expressed someplace else. I had a patient once. She was 42. She was a fitness instructor. And she was very, uh, she, she actually came into me because she was referred by someone. I do a treatment on, on people who have pain by injecting ozone into the area of their pain and it helps to heal them. She had been referred in because she'd herniated a disc in her back and she had terrible pain and she came in to see me because she wanted those injections. And I clearly remember her walking into the office with a four-pronged cane. She looked like an old lady, hunched over. She's on OxyContin round the clock for the pain. So I talked to her for a little while. And I said, well, what happened? And she says, I don't really know. I, I was doing my normal training with people and my normal workouts. And all of a sudden, I started to get some back pain. And when I got the back pain, I went to my doctor and he said, well, it was pretty bad. He referred me to an orthopedist and the orthopedist did an MRI of my low back. And he said, I had two herniated discs, um, L4-5 and L5-S1. And I needed to have surgery and I had surgery. And he removed the the part of the discs that was pushing on the nerve and said that that should fix me up. So I said to her, well, how, how was it after that? 
And she said it wasn't any better. So what happened then? She said, well, I went back to him and he said, I'm sorry, but now we have to escalate this one more level. So he had done what's called a discectomy. He shaved off the bulging discs. Now he was going to do what's called as a laminectomy. He was going to cut the bone of the vertebral body on both sides and take off the back part so that the whole back of the spinal cord was exposed, but there wouldn't be any bone there to rub on the nerves, thinking it would help her pain. And he did that. Jeez. And I came into, that's when she came to see me. So, and she's no better. She's no better. She's on maximum narcotics. She can hardly walk. She can't do anything. She's in terrible pain. So I said, holy smokes, what is he going to do next? She said, well, now he wants to fuse my spine. And I thought I'd try these injections and see if there was, it could help me out. But before I did that, I, I wanted to try some other things because I'm 0 for 2 with this guy. And I'm, you know, I'm a little bit in doubt as to what he, if he's really going to be able to help. So I have a type of physical examination where I can get an indication if there is a problem with a remote source of pain. And when I put her on the table and I checked her, the thing on the examination, this is an energetic test. It's a, it's a sophisticated kind of muscle test called autonomic response testing. This is what I learned uh, in 1997, where I was able to help diagnose my wife. And what came up on her as the biggest stressor uh, was that she um, she had a uh, a problem with a inf an inflammation in her jawbone. That that's what came up as the as the worst thing. So I said. Have you had any dental problems? And she said, well, I did last year. Well, what happened? She said, well, I got a toothache and it was pretty bad. And I went to the dentist and he said I had an infected tooth and he did a root canal. I said, okay. Now think back. Did the dental problem occur? Was the root canal before the back pain or was it after the back pain? Because she didn't have a clear, you know, it wasn't like she tried to, 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 you know, uh, deadlift 300 pounds. You know, she didn't like, there was no traumatic incident with her at all. Right. right. So she thinks about it and she said, oh my God, the root canal was before the back pain. And it was, you know, maybe a month or six weeks before. So I said, well, what happened with the root canal? She said, well, it still hurt after he did the root canal. So he did a redo. And what happened after that? Well, it still hurt. So he pulled the tooth and he put a bone graft in and he put an implant in. Now, she's 150 grand into the back surgery, okay? 
a discectomy and a double level laminectomy with physical therapy, the whole deal. She's now 10 grand into the dentistry. Two failed root canals plus a bone graft plus an implant. So I said, how does the implant feel? When you chew on it, how does it feel? She said, it doesn't really feel quite right. You know, like I tend to chew on the other side. So I asked her, does the, what is it, what does the, the anodontist say? What does the surgeon say about it? The oral surgeon. And she said, well, he said, sometimes it takes a year and it's been about seven or eight months and I should just wait. So I took some Novocaine and I numbed the tooth. I injected all around that implanted tooth. And I said, I've got another patient to see. I'm going to go out of the room. I'll be back here in 15 or 20 minutes. Just hang out. And I want to see if that does anything, makes any difference in how you feel. Now, I come back in the room in 20 minutes, and I see she's standing with her legs apart, and she's doing side bends. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, my back pain is 90% better. Okay. Now, this proves to me that the tooth is the source of the back pain, and the back pain is referred. So I said, you come back in three days. In case this is just a very strong psychological reaction, you know, like I gave you a suggestion and I did something and maybe your brain, you know, you're hypnotized and so you don't have the pain. I want to repeat this in three days. So she comes back in three days. She's just like she was the first time. She's in pain. I do it again. It works again. She goes home and she vacuums. Now, anyone who's got low back pain, the one thing they'll never do is vacuum because it hurts too much. Okay. And she called me and I said, I want to test this one more time. And she said, not a chance. I'm calling the surgeon right now and he's getting this implant out of there. So I said, well, hang on because he's not going to believe this and he's going to think both you and I are crazy. So let me call him. So I called him and usually Doctors aren't very receptive to this kind of information, especially coming from someone like me. But he was very good, and he listened to me. And he said, that's interesting. He said, I've seen referred pain before. Like sometimes I'll do a procedure and they'll have headaches or they'll have neck pain, but I've never seen like this. So I said, I think the tooth has to come out. So he said, let me laser it a few times, see if I can get it to calm down. He did three lasers on her. It made it worse. And then she convinced him to get to remove the implant, which is no small thing. So he removes the implant. I see her six weeks later. Her pain is 80% gone. And she's cut her narcotics in half. I did some of the ozone injections in her back. Within about four or five months, She's pretty much back to normal. She's got to watch it. I mean, she's got a, a very, a back now that's been very destructured, but she was able to go back to teaching and probably by nine, 10 months, she really had no pain. She wasn't on any medication and she was fine. Uh, I've seen this happen a hundred times. Sometimes it's back pain. Sometimes it's jaw pain. Sometimes it's chronic headaches. 
But the load on the patient is so high that it pretty much makes everything else fall apart. Now, if we go back to the root canal, uh, the earlier root canal example, these things are infections that are chronic, that release toxic chemicals into the body. And let's say you have, you had Epstein-Barr virus when you were 14 and now you're 50. And you have a toxic root canal. Now, all root canals, by definition, are infected, dead teeth. There is no research. There is no blind research. There is no follow-up research on the safety of these really at all. In the early 1920s, a dentist named Weston Price was experimenting with this. And he was taking root canals out of people who had, say, this guy had heart disease. And he'd take the root canal out, grind it up, and inject it under the skin of a rabbit. And within six months, the rabbit would have heart disease. He did it with arthritis. He did it with dementia. He did it with, I think he had 900 cases that he did. And something like 88 or 90% of them, he proved that the thing was bad. So a very... uh influential biochemist or chemist named Boyd Haley. He was the chairman of the Department of Chemistry at the University of Kentucky, got interested in this, and acquired over a thousand uh, pulled teeth, pulled root canal teeth from people, from dentists. He just called dentists and said, when you, for any reason, if you pull the root canal, ship it to me. And he did very careful biochemical and microscopic uh, studies on it. They're all infected. The bacteria are toxic. They produce biotoxins. None of them are any good. Some people can live with them. There's about 25 million a year done in this country. It's a lot. It's a whole industry. Um, I, I'm not even saying that everyone is bad or that everyone should go to the dentist now and get them pulled. But what I am saying, if you're struggling with a chronic illness and your doctor has not figured you out, it is an area that you ought to see a natural biological dentist who knows about this stuff and get yourself checked out because it might save your life. Now, if we go back to the film, a film producer in Australia is walking through a park one day. He's in his late 20s. He does documentary films and he's walking through a park one day and he sees a guy and a gal having an argument and the guy is big and tough and the gal is little and not so tough and she's getting manhandled and he goes up to him and he says, hey, you know, maybe you guys could work this out. And the guy punches the film producer in the face, breaks off his front tooth. He goes to the dentist. He gets a root canal. Uh, up to this point, he was healthy. Over some months, six months, eight months, something like that, he gets progressively weaker and weaker and weaker until he's to, to the point where he's got so, so much fatigue that he can't function. He sees every kind of available doctor that he could, including a faith healer and shaman, 
and nobody's got any answers for him, but here he is and he can't work. And one day he's surfing through YouTube laying in bed and he sees a video that I did about this subject, which is kind of what I just went over. And a light goes off in his head and he said, well, nobody's thought of that. Maybe that's what's wrong with me. And he goes to the biological dentist. He gets what's called a cone beam CT. It's a CT scan of the teeth. And lo and behold, he's got a big abscess where that root canal was done on his front tooth. He gets the tooth pulled. He gets the abscess cleaned out. In over six or eight months, he completely recovers his health. And then he thinks, holy smokes, maybe I'm not the only one that this ever happened to. I've got an unexplained illness. It won't go away. The best in medicine has not been able to figure me out. Maybe this is a common problem. He calls me and from Australia, and he said, you don't know me, but you saved my life. And I'm a film producer, and he tells me a story. And he said, I'd like to come over there with a the film crew and film you uh, so that we can make a documentary about this. And he does me and Thomas Rao, my mentor from uh, Switzerland, happened to be in the country. He does an interview with him. He does Mercola. Uh, he does a very good dentist uh, named Stuart Nunnery. Um, and there's somebody else in there. Mercola's in there where they basically tell, he tells his story and he tells, gives information on this. And, uh, so he does the, he, he does the film and he, he puts it up and Netflix picks it up and it goes viral on Netflix. Uh, not too long after that, uh, Netflix gets a letter and the film producer got a letter from the American Dental Association and the American Endodontal Association, their attorneys, basically saying that he is promoting information to the public which is not true and which is damaging. And it's akin to yelling fire in a movie theater when there's no fire and you can't do it. And so Netflix and iTunes and YouTube take it down. So the website I gave you at the beginning of this, which is root causemovie.com is the producer's uh, website. Uh, he charges you, I think, $6.99 to watch it or 15 bucks if you want to buy it. It's worth the money. Um, and I'd watch it because it might be true for you or someone that you love. The basic standard of a normal dentist is if it looks okay and you're not complaining, most likely nothing's going to happen. And that's the problem with these. You have a dead tooth with no nerve. It doesn't hurt. And the outside might look perfectly fine. But if you do this 3D x-ray, you'll see in most of them an abscess at the base of the tooth. It's called a periapical lucency. It's, a, it's an area where the bone has resorbed it's gone away and there's a pus pocket there and i work with dentists here and when they pull these teeth because the only thing you can do with a dead tooth is get it out of your mouth 
A hundred percent of them, if you scrape the bone at the base of the tooth, it's dead, infected bone. And that's not normal. And it's unfortunate, you know, nowhere else in the body can you leave in dead, infected tissue. If you have a gangrenous toe, you've got to cut the toe off or the guy's going to die. So for reasons that aren't clear, the jawbone does permit it, but it isn't good. There's one more point on this, which is really important. If you talk to cardiologists about risk factors for heart attacks, one of the things that will come up along with smoking and high blood pressure and sedentary lifestyle and obesity is gum disease. If you have deep pockets and gum disease, you are at higher risk for the bacteria in those gums to go into your bloodstream, go into the heart arteries, cause an, a reaction, an infection, and the heart arteries respond by, by making plaque, which blocks the arteries, which leads to a heart attack. Wow. That is... If you, right, that's acceptable. I mean, it's totally yeah. acceptable. A root canal is much, much worse because it's in the jawbone. It's an intimate contact with the blood supply. A study was published in Circulation, which is the journal of the American College of Cardiology, which shows that the incidence of heart attacks after root canals is increased about over 500%. Now, if the dentist sat down with you and said, hey, You've got an infected tooth, it hurts you. I could pull it and you'd be done with it and we can later do an implant or a bridge or a partial. Or I could do a root canal, leave it in there, but there's a possible risk. And one of the biggest risks is that it increases your chances of a heart attack by 500 plus percent. What do you want to do, dear patient? Most patients never hear that, but it's yeah. a big thing. You know, heart disease, heart attacks kill in the United States over 600,000 people a year. It's the most le leading cause of death. There was actually another study done where they looked at people who died with heart attacks who also had root canals. And they're able to do this. It's called PCR testing. You can do this is how they were first diagnosing COVID. You can look at the DNA to see if the virus is there. Well, you could also look at the DNA at the root of a root canal and find out what bacteria are there. So here's a group of men who died of a fatal heart attack, who also had root canals. And so what they did is they, at, at autopsy, they pulled the teeth and they got a sample at the base of the tooth where the infection is. And they took a sample of the blood clot that, blo that blocked the heart that killed the guy. And 75% of the cases, the bacteria was the same one. It went from the tooth to the heart artery. Now, this is really important. And it, it, it really is being ignored. And I think that it isn't good medicine. So... I, you know, the people that I see or the people that, that, you know, listen to things like this, it's just an awareness point 
You know, knowledge is power. If you know what to do and you can do it, then you don't have to be the adverse effect of whatever that thing is that you don't know. You don't have to get blindsided. And since this isn't common education for most doctors and most dentists, patients really have to take their own health in their own hands. And I think this is a piece of information which is really important. Because if you look on our website, on my clinic website, you will find many, many stories of people uh, who will say, you know, I came to LifeWorks Wellness Center. They found I had infected teeth. They handled the teeth. Uh, they didn't, but the dentist does. And I got better. My chronic Lyme got better. The, the incidence of breast cancer with people who have root canals in the upper large molar teeth or the premolar teeth on the bottom, in my experience, in the movie, Dr. Rao says 100%. It isn't 100% in mine, but it's probably 75% of the time. A woman comes in with breast cancer. And on the upper molar teeth, these are, these are called stomach teeth. They're, they're breast teeth. In Chinese medicine, they're breast teeth. And they've got a root canal on the breast tooth. And that affects the circulation to the breast. And when you have impaired circulation in an organ, you're going to get stagnation and you can get infection or toxin buildup or ultimately even cancer. I'm not saying here that root canals cause cancer. I'm not making a causal relationship. I'm making a, hey, there is an association. It isn't 100%. But if one in eight women now in their lifetime is going to get breast cancer, something like that, I'd sure be looking like, is that a risk factor for me? Awesome. No, and you know what? I, I totally agree with that. Thanks so much for sharing all that information. And I think one of the things you just highlighted there at the very end is it's incredible to realize all the potential associations of these dental procedures and some of these patients' conditions and symptoms. Um, but again, you're just you're highlighting there that not everyone's symptoms or conditions could be teeth, but you're seeing lots of patients go undiagnosed and they come to you and you do find out it is teeth. So it's definitely it is something if something's been bothering someone to definitely check it out because it's definitely another area to assess. And I think you've done that really well. And I guess what's going through a lot of people's minds right now is two things, I guess. So the reality is some people may have to go to a dentist in their future and be told they'll need fillings or root canals or wisdom teeth removals and so forth. So do dentists have safer alternatives or should be people looking at, like you mentioned, the natural biological dentistry or what's your advice with what they should do with dental care going forward? And I, I guess just to play advocate on that as well is uh, if they've already had dental work and they're questioning if that's causing them symptoms, uh, what would they do to be able to assess it? and how do they go about that to determine if that's a problem for there? I think the, the, this is especially true if someone isn't well, okay? If you're not well, then you have to seek out what, what they call biological dentist or a natural dentist. There's a couple of organizations. The one I can remember offhand is uh, the website is, is, are the initials IAOMT.com, I-A-O-M-T, International Association of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. IAOMT.com. They have 
dentists that are certified in how can you remove mercury, how can you remove mercury safely? There is a way to protect the patient and the doctor. You know, the doctor, the dentist, the poor dentist, he's drilling this stuff out maybe two, three times a week on people who want their fillings out with no protection. You know, dentists have the highest suicide rate of any profession. If you look at dentists that do MRIs in their pineal gland, they're full of heavy metals and, you know, gland in the brain. The, 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 the profession is very, very high risk because they're dealing with materials. And if they aren't protecting themselves, they have it way worse than the patients do. So the dentists that I know that are certified to do this, they have special suction and they have these dams they put in the mouth. And the dentists basically wear a respirator hazmat suit because the stuff does fly all over the place and it can get into the dentist. So for the dentist's health and the patient's health, these are precautions that should be done. So I would not go to a regular dentist myself. My family doesn't go to a regular dentist because I think it's too risky. The profession just needs to update itself so that it's it's got an orientation that the mouth is actually part of the body and you can't do something in the mouth that you wouldn't do another part of the body. You never leave in a dead bone. You never put mercury in the body. It's poisonous. So these are just like so common sense that it just it's just gets, I don't know, it gets overlooked. So if you care about your health, you want a doctor who's going to look at things from a nutritional standpoint. That doesn't mean that if you get pneumonia and you've got a fever of 104, that you shouldn't go into the hospital or the doctor's office and get some antibiotics and get treatment. I'm not saying that at all. Or if you need a C-section, that you get your C-section or you break your leg, you know, you go to an emergency room or you're in the middle of a heart attack, go to the emergency room. They can help you. Some of the technology is really good, but with chronic conditions, it isn't very good. And with dentistry, it's, you know, there is a, oh, there's a better way to do it. And I think that your, your average biological dentist has done normal dental training. They have their DMD or their, their, um, their, their dental certification, but they've done, you know, two, three, four years worth of training so that they can actually have that prior knowledge, but now look at the body as, look, this is a living organism with living cells, and we have to treat it, you know, with things that are going to promote life that aren't anti-life. And if that's looked at, usually you get a better solution. Awesome. You know what, David, I think that's, that's incredible. And I think that's a great spot to wrap it up. That's a lot of information. So we'll definitely leave all this information in the show notes for everyone to listen to. Uh, and again, it's rootcausemovie.com. If you want to check out that movie, I highly recommend it. It was a complete game changer to watch. It was unbelievable. And the website you just referred there to the natural biological dentist, it would be IAOMT.com. So definitely check those out. And, you know, as we wrap this up here, if people want to know a little bit more about your practice and check out some of your videos and your, your free videos, your free information on there online, uh, can you let them know about your website? Yeah, two websites, actually three. Um, one is just drminkoff.com. Uh, the second one is LifeWorks Wellness Center, all one word, 
L-I-F-E-W-O-R-K-S wellnesscenter.com. There's tons of information on there, uh, on the practice and then on all kinds of stuff that we handle. And then the third one is called bodyhealth.com, B-O-D-Y-H-E-A-L-T-H. Uh, Body Health is a, is my nutrition company. And on there too, there's lots of, uh, webinars and seminars and videos and, uh, and information that people can look through to get help with their health and, and nutrition. Awesome. Absolutely love it. It's been, uh, it's been super inspiring here and informative to chat with you again here today. It's always my pleasure. So of course, in these times, stay safe and stay healthy and all the best. Appreciate that. All righty. Thanks, Stephen. Take care. Awesome. Well, that's a wrap with Dr. David Minkoff. Thanks so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, among others, then please just take a minute to open up your Apple Podcast app on your iPhone, search Pacing Racing, click subscribe, and then scroll down to the bottom and leave us a quick written review. It takes less than a minute to do, but it goes a long way in helping me out. So to all who do that, thanks so much. It's highly appreciated. And other than that, happy training. And if you want to train with me on Zwift, then drop me a follow by searching Steven Langenhausen. Anyway, take care. Chat soon. Cheers. 